Hallelujah. Now, can you take your seat? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for today. We bless your name. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for this wonderful assembly. We give you glory. Let your word touch us that none of us will live here the same. Amen. So, let's share briefly on the topic, safe journey. Safe journey. Safe journey. And let's go to the book of Ezra, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. I don't know if I'm allowed to come out of... Okay, I'm allowed. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. So, the book of Ezra, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. We'll read 31 and 32, but this is where we'll be. So, let's give a background to the story over there. I'm sure you've heard about the name Nebuchadnezzar. So, Nebuchadnezzar, now King Nebu defeated Israel. God allowed because Israel had, had fallen into apostasy. So, they were defeated by Nebuchadnezzar. And he took them to, in fact, he destroyed the wall of Jerusalem. He destroyed the temple and carried most of them, the brilliant ones. He carried them to Babylon. Okay, before I go, oh, my provinces is here. My provinces is here. It's in white. It's in, it's in white. I mean, that's my provinces. And then the dean of graduate school is also here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. Bless you. Okay. So, he carried them. He took the brilliant ones, including Shadrach, Meshach, and myself, Abednego. He took them to Babylon. Hallelujah. It's amazing how the devil wants the, the best. He, he left the, those who could not do much and took the brilliant ones to Babylon. So sometimes when you see like people who are so talented, they are the ones that the devil wants to use. But today we bring them back. By our prayers, we bring them back. Now if you see somebody that has gone into, into sin or captivity, it is because there is something in him that the devil knows that God can use effectively. Hallelujah. He wants the best musicians, the best architects, the best economists. He wants them. But God also wants them for his work because God deserves the best. And I see the best in you. I see the best in you. So he took them. He took them to the place and then God said, after 70 years, I will bring you back. So Daniel read in the books and understood. He said he understood by the books that God was to bring them back in 70. So he started interceding, interceding. So God, by his mercy, opened the door to come back. The first that came was Zerubbabel, who was the governor. said he was encouraged by the prophets. He guy and... Yes. <laughs> I said in the morning. I thought we had some of them here. Okay, so the prophets prayed for him, then they came back. Now, when they came back, they built the temple. Then Ezra decided that he was going to teach them the ways of God. It's good to have sacrifice, it's good to worship, it is good to build the temple, but it's more important, most critical, that you show them the ways of God. So Ezra then decided that he was going to go back. But before he could leave, he needed the favor of the king so he could leave. So in Ezra chapter 7, verse 6, we are told about the man Ezra. And that's why I'm preaching from Ezra. Because he was described as a scholar. 
that Ezra, he arrived from Babylon, a scholar well practiced in the revelation of Moses that the God of Israel had given. Because God's hand was on Ezra, the king gave him everything he asked for. He was described as a scholar. And I was saying this this morning that it's amazing when people acquire education or maybe business or a certain talent, a certain fame, they think that they no longer need God. But this was a man who was a scholar. In fact, it is said that he was a head of the synagogue and he pioneered the writing of the canons of the Jewish scriptures. So he was well-versed. He was a scholar per scholars. Today we say he was Professor Emeritus. He understood the writings of Moses. And he had the ability to explain. He knew what he was about. But it was also said that he was a priest of God. So it is possible, in fact, it's imperative, it's important that no matter how we rise in life, we still know that God is God. And that we imbibe, we take what belongs to God, put in us, and use it. The man was a scholar, he was also a priest. And he said because of that, God favored him. That whatever he asked of the king, he got it. And then verse 10, I like verse 10. He tells us the man Ezra. He said he committed himself to studying the revelation of God, one, to living it and to teaching it. So he studied, he taught, and he practiced it. There are three things. Some people, they study, they stop there. Some people, they study and they teach, they stop there. But some people, they study, they teach, and they do. I pray for you this morning that may you not just be a hearer, May you also be a teacher and may you be a doer. May you bring somebody to the house of God. May the person look at you and stay in the house of God. Somebody say amen. So this was the man, Ezra. The temple had been built. And I was saying this morning that why do we have to bore ourselves with learning about temple being built and all of that? Because you see, there are things in the Bible that we can apply to ourselves. One of them is building. So in Luke 14, 28 to 31, Jesus used this analogy. And he said, which of you, if you are going to build a house, you will not count the cost? What he's saying is that you can compare the building, how you build a house, to the building of your life, to the building of your business, and to the building of your nation. So we can easily compare. So Christianity, you have several comparisons. One of them is building. And in, in building, you notice the way we build. We don't build in a day. It's a step-by-step -step approach. Building does not, you don't wake up one morning. And wait, by the time you get up, there is this huge building. It is block upon block. That's where we build our lives. And I notice you have a lot of young people here. You must learn the principle. The principle of building is block upon block step upon step. The, as you put one block upon it, you are getting up. You don't just get up one day, then you rise to the top. You've got to be tried. You've got to be tested. If I wish you understand, there's a difference between being anointed and being appointed. God would always anoint you first. But the day you are anointed does not mean that same day you are appointed. So you see King David being anointed but you see that it took 13 years after, before he got the first sight of the throne. He was appointed, he was anointed, but the appointment came later. 
Just because you have been anointed does not mean that it is time for the appointment. You see, the issue about King David, he was anointed to kill a Goliath. But you see, killing a Goliath is not all that you need to go to the throne. Being a king is, is not just about killing Goliath. It is not killing Goliath every day. There are some things involved in being a king. Now, note, King David was coming from the village. How do I know? said, even the day that King Saul appeared, the day that someone, the prophet appeared, when someone got there, the whole village was scared. It is like President Akufo appeared in your village. What's he coming to do there? And even David's father was not even supposed to be at the meeting. He took a special grace for someone to say, allow him to come. So, when he came, even his own children, he didn't count David as one. You yourself, you were not counted. And you two didn't count your, your son as one of them. And yet, David found special grace. And God anointed him. And when God anointed him, the first job was that, anointed in 1 Samuel 16, in 1 Samuel 17, he then goes to, to go and fight Goliath. But having killed Goliath, there is something more to the kingship than just killing a Goliath. So what did God do? God ensured that he placed him in the house of King Saul. He was supposed to serve a mad man. They said King Saul was getting mad. And he was being asked to go and serve a mad man. If you were the one that you had killed a Goliath, that the whole nation is singing your praise, would you serve a madman? But the God that we serve, with the wisdom that he had, he knew. The man coming from the village may not know how to use a fork and knife. He may not know how to talk like a king. Because for him, his strength has been in the wilderness. Fighting bears and lions. For seven days, he will not take his bath. But to be a king, you must know how to appear. You may have the anointing to kill a Goliath, but there is something more you need to be a king. So what did God do? God then gives him the son of King Saul, who was Jonathan, who then began to teach him, to train him, that this is the way you behave as a king. And when God realized that he was ready, then God said, this is the time to occupy the throne. There is the day of anointing. There is the day of appointment. I pray for any young man here, any young woman, that your day of appointment will come, that your dream will not be aborted in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So one way of saying is that it's building. We are building our lives. We are building. That's one way. Another thing that the Bible compares our life with is that you are fighting. So just after this verse, Jesus says, and which of you, when you are going to a war, you are going to war, which of you, that you don't count the cost? So Christianity is not only building, it's also what? Fighting. Somebody say fight. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. Note, it's a good fight. Not all fight is a good fight. Some fight you shouldn't fight. And this fight we fight is a good fight of what? Faith. It is the one that when people say no, you say what God says is that God says yes, it shall happen. So Christianity is also fight. That's why in the book of Nehemiah, one hand was building, 
the other hand was holding what? A weapon. You know what? Because even as you seek to build your life, some people want to destroy it. They want to destroy your business. They want to destroy your life. They want to destroy your community. They want to destroy your children, your marriage, and whatever it takes. So we've got to fight. And our fight is a good fight of faith. But this morning, we are not talking about building. We are not talking about fighting. There's another comparison we make with the Christian life, which is a journey, which is a race. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says that, let us therefore run the race. Run the race. So we are talking about a journey. So in Ezra chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, we are told that Nehemiah starts a journey. They are moving from Babylon and they are going to, to, uh, to, to Jerusalem. And you can see that there. They are moving from Ahava and they are going to Jerusalem. So every journey has a beginning and every journey has an end. Everything that has a beginning would also have what? An end. Everything that has a beginning would also have an end. That is why there's a day for going to school. They give you an admission letter. And the admission letter says that the program is four years or two years or one year. Sometimes, some people that the program is four years, eight years, they are still there. If you are one of those, may grace come upon you. When you start school, you must finish. Don't be the grandpapa of the school. You must finish. That's why when you go to the market, you go in the morning, in the evening, what do you do? You close. The only person who, in fact, anything that has no beginning would have no end. That is why God has no end. Because God has no beginning. That is why we were born into this life. We were introduced. There's a day where we are going to what? Exit this world. So when you see people that they behave as if they will not, they will not leave this world, a day will come. In fact, the world, like Shakespeare tells us, is like a stage. You will come and play your part. The time will come when you do what? You bow out. That is why we have to organize our lives what? Well. Don't you even see the way life goes? I mean, you see somebody that is so talented, but very soon another person will come. Because that is life. There are times when it's sunny day. There is also time that you have the rainy day. There are seasons of life. And we prepare ourselves for the seasons of life. The man was supposed to live from Ahava with his troops, with his people he has gathered, and they were going to Jerusalem. There is a definite time to live a definite time that they must. They must go to Jerusalem. Then we are told that God was with us all the way. Can you give me King James, please? Can you give King James? Where we said, and the hand of the Lord was upon us. King James. And the hand of our God was upon us. Say the hand of God. Say the hand of God. Say the hand of God. So, the man is a scholar. He knows book, like we say. He knows book. He has a journey to make. If it were our days, we'll analyze economics. We'll look at 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. We'll read the weather. We'll study the books. We'll get a GPS. Which way to Jerusalem? We'll get a supersonic train to take us to the place. We will gather all of that. One thing we will not do, we will not seek the hand of God. But this man 
says that, yes, I'm a scholar. Yes, I know the way to Jerusalem. I know the street number. I know how to get there. But there's something more I need. I need the hand of God. That, that hand is for favor, for protection, and for blessing. He said, let that hand come upon us. Why? Because, and he delivered us from the hand of enemies. So there are two hands there. There is a hand of God. There is a hand of the enemy. Please don't joke with it. Don't underrate it. Don't underestimate it. There is a hand of God. There is a hand of the devil. These two hands, you may not see them, but they will manifest through circumstances, through people, through events, and any which way they will manifest. Hello? So I read the Bible. I'm looking at Moses. Moses has a rod. He puts it down. It becomes a serpent. The magicians of Pharaoh, they also have one. Throw it down. It becomes a serpent. It is a hand against a hand. There's a hand of God. There's a hand of the devil. I'm reading my Bible. And then I see Elijah. I pray on the mountain. He said, call your, your prophets. 400 of them show up. Then he said, let us call fire. The one that is able to call fire down, that God is God. Why do you think that the priest of Baal accepted the challenge? Because they've been calling for fire every day. It was normal for them. If they had not done so before, they would not have accepted the challenge. In my hometown, right here, I have seen people call for fire. When we were young, you could go to sports stadium, across a folk, they can call for rain around the stadium. There is a hand of the, of the devil. So they accepted the challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, people can do things. Right here, Medina, behind Medina here. There are things people do there. There are rings they are selling. There are potions they are selling. There are soaps they are selling. It's the hand of the devil. But you see, in Elijah's case, they said they cried for several hours. No fire came down. Why? Because the one who controls fire has shown up. <laughs> he has shown up. You see, they say when the cat is away, the mice can play. You see, because you are a Christian, they can joke with others. But when you show up, they can't joke with you. <laughs> when you show up in the family, when you show up in the school, they can't joke with you. When they tell everybody that you, you will never go to invest in this family. When you show up, I don't just see your first degree, I see your master's degree. When you show up, there is somebody with you. I hear the word of God say, greater is he who is in me than the devil that is in the world. I hear the word of God say, Christ in you is the hope of glory. When the master shows up, no devil can show up. Say the hand of God. Say the hand of God. Please say the hand of God. So there were two hands. The hand of the devil. For, for magicians, for charms, for amulets, for sorceries, occult, all of it, the hand of the devil. But there's also the hand of God. And the thing is that, see, they use people. God seeks to use people. The devil also seeks to use what? People. So the hand of God against the hand of the devil. What was he supposed to do? He said, 
It is to deliver us from the hand of the enemy. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. The hand is to deliver. The hand is to deliver. To escape from danger. To keep us from trouble. Who delivered us from so great a death? So great. He delivered us. So great. This one I was, I mentioned the issue about somebody who died through plane crash. Yet he didn't have a passport. He didn't even know where the airport was. He was traveling in Trotsky, Trotro, from Teshi to, to 37. Gets to Elwak. Traffic light red. The Trotro stops. A plane that has just landed overshoots the runway, breaks through the wall, hits that vehicle. The man died. It was reported at home that he's, he's dead. What killed him? It's a plane crash. He didn't have a passport. Meanwhile, there's a car behind him. There's a car before him. Why not the first car? Why not the third car? Those in the first car or the third car, they will say, God has delivered them. Do you know that in this country, even from January to now, over a thousand have died through lorry accidents. We all take cars every time. Why not us? It's the deliverance of God. It's the deliverance of God. Why not us? They say we have passed a thousand mark of death and COVID. But some of us got COVID. We are still alive. It's the deliverance of God. See, those who have the vaccines, they have all the good food, the good diet. They say they've lost 100,000 in Africa, Ghana. Where even we don't even observe the protocols well, and we must observe it. But even with all of that, God has saved us. It's the deliverance of God. It's the deliverance. I don't know if you have a personal experience. I have escaped death several times over. Several times. I remember one day, I was doing my service in Praso. I was supposed to go for a meeting in the village, typical village. Supposed to go for a meeting in Cape Coast. And you have to leave very early, 4 a.m. My colleague and I, we got up, prayed, went, first vehicle, we sat in the car. For some reason, two hours, two hours, nobody was coming. Then, after two hours, we saw a vehicle that was shouting, Capos, Capos, Capos. So we said, oh, please, mate, give our monies back to us. We want to go and sit in because they are living and we are in her. The mate said, two of you, you brought money. If I give the money to you, who will come and sit in? Who will come and sit in? He refused. So we sat down quietly. The vehicle moved. Strangely enough, after 30 minutes, the vehicle was full. Then he moved. When we moved and got to him, mind the next village, we saw people gathered all over. So our vehicle stopped naturally. People were gathered and they had blocked the road. The vehicle that moved, the first one, engaged in accident. They were carrying the people. That was the one the driver said, I will not give the money. If he had given us the money, would have been in that vehicle. Because the people knew that, the village just knew that we went the first bus. When it was reported, they concluded that I was in that bus and that maybe they go look for me in the mortuary or somewhere. My roommate said, oh, no, this cannot be. We, we didn't know. So we continued. 5 p.m., we came back. When we came back, the entire village came to meet us. They said, we thought you were dead. My roommate now was a 
He was not a boss. He said, I told you, it cannot be my roommate. It cannot be. <laughs> and then he added, because when he was going, he prayed. It is a hand of God. It's a hand of God. It's a hand of God. <laughs> he delivered us. I know you have your own personal story. You have eaten gari and sugar several times, but you have survived. Hey, when we were in school, eh? Yeah, when we were in school, some people were, sometimes you are so poor that nothing to eat. Hey, one of our friends, the only thing left was small gari and small sugar. When he came in, he was so hungry that he just poured the sugar in, then poured water, realized that the sugar was full of ants. There's no way that he could let this go. But the, but, but the ants were dancing in a gallery. So, so what did he do? He realized that what you don't see does not kill you. <laughs> so he put up the light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did justice to it. Today is an engineer. He delivered us. I said he delivered us. Now, he delivered us from so great a death. See, some of us, were, the kind of life we're living, that today you, you are in church. Say, mercy. You, you are in church. Me, I'm in church. But when I go to my home, they see me. And they say, hey. Me, God has delivered me. You, God has delivered you. So, like, but this some of us, they are very dust over. Phrase we started with, I mean, a classmate of mine got into cocaine. Alarm blew. They were coming for him. He committed suicide. Committed suicide. Nice gentleman. When you see him, you won't believe. He delivered from so great a death. Look at where we're coming from. Look at our background. Look at the things that have happened. Look at the things we used to do. He delivered us from so great a death. So he continues. And that deliver, that was the past. If you can trust him, even now, God is delivering us. Even now. Listen, what you are going through, the one who delivered you yesterday, is delivering you today. <laughs> When you cross, you may not have food to eat, but I assure you, you will not die. Tomorrow will surely meet you. Listen, the devil has a way of exaggerating our problems. That is what he told Esau. Esau went and told Jacob and said, Jacob, give me food to eat. Jacob said, sell me your birthright. And then Esau said, I am here dying. And you are talking about birthright. I am here dying. You say what? Birthright. Take the birthright. Give me. But it came to haunt him later. The point is that he was hungry. He was not dying. But he exaggerated by saying, if I don't eat, I will die. Exaggeration. But I then look at Paul, who had been beaten. He said 40 minus 1. Three times. Who had escaped a storm. And a cobra had gone around his hand. And the people said, this man, he's cursed. The man who was stoned, that practically died, 
and woke up again, he writes and say, our light afflictions. Compare with Esau, one meal, he said, I will die. What Paul went through, Paul said, our light affliction. I came to tell you. Now, the reason why Paul did that, he said, if we compare it with the glory to be revealed, I'm here to tell someone, there's a glory about to be revealed. There is power about to be revealed. Eyes have no seen, neither have ears heard what the Lord has prepared for those who love him. But let me tell you, when you read that scripture, read the next verse. It says that, but we have seen by our spirit. You see, the natural ear have not seen. The natural ear have not heard. But we have seen with our spirit. You may not see it yet physically. But I know where God is taking me to. I know what I'm carrying. You may not know how. You may not know when. But he will do it again. Faithful is the one who calls us. And he will surely do it. Somebody say amen. I said he will do it. I said he will do it. I have seen with my spirit. So we have seen in our spirit. You see, that's our sister. That's what it's called faith. We don't walk by what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we touch. We walk by the inner spirit. I'm not moved by what I see. Hallelujah. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by circumstances. I'm only moved by the word of God. He delivered us. He's delivering us. And he says, he will deliver. Your past is covered. Your present is covered. Your future will surely be covered. God says, check my record. They say in three, if I want to speak to you, then Becca is laughing. But I say, say, how do you say in three? God said, check my record. I open the Red Sea. They walk on dry ground. This is no fable. This is not an anasism. This is history recorded. He brought them to the desert. He provided air condition during the day. Listen, in the wilderness, scorching sun. Why do you think they said the cloud formed over them? The cloud provided air condition. And in the night, it gets so cold. He said he became a pillar of fire. He provided blanket for them. Check my record. God said, check my record. Check my record. Check my record. Check my record. And here is what blows my mind. He says, he says, for 40 years in the wilderness, they did not change their clothes. And it did not fade. Listen. Look at your children. When they are young, you buy clothes. When they grow every year, you are changing. You are changing. This it means that those who were two years, as they grow three years, four years, the cloth was increasing. It was changing. Twelve, it was changing. To fourth, it was changing. The cloth did not change. How can you walk in the sun and your cloth did not fade? But that is the kind of God that we serve. Check my record. Check my record. So, 
It was put beautifully in Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, the same today, the same forever. Listen, the greatest thing he did for us when he bought us from sin. In fact, the most important thing, the salvation we had. So Paul put it this way. If he did not spare his own son to die for us, what other things will he not give to us? Can God give you a car? Can God give you a house? Can God give you a husband or a wife? Can't he give you a visa? He makes a way where there seems to be no way. I promise that to somebody, you will get a job. You are afraid you will not get a job. But God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Shout unto the Lord. Now listen, listen. One of the things I like in Ghana, if you pick Trotro, if you pick Trotro here, the mate will sell his seat. And then if you are not lucky and you are on that lane, it means that you are seeing the mate seat. But the mate, the mate, the driver, no problem. The mate will just tell the driver, Namono. Then the driver will go speak and press the brake. And then all of you will go here. Then the mate will sit down. If a man can create a way, how much more God? If a man, if a man can create a seat, how much more God? They said there is no job at Barclays, but God will create one for you. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the Bible says, when they say there's a casting down, we say there's a lifting up. They say COVID is bringing business down. That's the time you will rise. There's new idea coming. There's innovation coming. There's power coming. Out of COVID, you will make more money than ever before. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He takes the foolish things of the world and he makes it wise. They say COVID is destroying business. Your business will prosper. Your business will go ahead. We are not of those who draw back. In the name of the Lord Jesus, somebody say amen. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. Now go back, go back to, to Ezra. 8 and 22. Delivered us from the hand of the devil. From the hand of the enemy and from ambush along the road. There is some ambushment on the road. Listen, you have an idea that, oh, me, when I grow up, I will do this. Oh, I mean, when you talk to young, young graduates, it's so funny, so, so interesting, young graduates. Oh, I will marry. Me, oh, they are finished school, two years, I will marry. I will have two children, one boy, one girl. They, they, they are determining their sex. Oh, and then we'll buy this car, and then we'll use baby bands. They have those plans. Then they realize that it is not as easy as they are said. <laughs> Their dreams are exposed. Sometimes there's ambushment along the road. Like something, going to marry a woman, a lion appears from the road. Like the good Samaritan, that bandits went after him, took everything. And wounded him. There are a lot of wounded people in church because they have been ambushed. Listen, Premier College, we used to have a debate. There were two guys. Two guys, Premier College. 
One was the SU president. Brilliant guy. There's another guy who was the high timer. Wow. Brilliant. There was always a debate between the, the, the SU guys and the non-Christians as to which of them is more brilliant. But the thing is that the Christian guy was steady. The, the other guy, he never studied. This school. When he comes, he will blow. Nobody knows he does it. So when the argument goes on, then I don't believe us will say, your guy, if your God helps, why is he studying? <laughs> this guy says there's no God, he's not studying. So it appeared they were winning the argument. Then we all finished. The, the Christian guy went to KNUST, Red Medicine, became the best student. This other guy got scholarship to MIT. Now, if you know MIT in the US, it's the top of the range. It is, it is gold standard. It is the highest MIT. Got, got scholarship went there. Years later, we met. He mentioned, oh, where is this guy? He said, oh, the guy from the Christian guy, after that, he got scholarship to US. So he's specializing. Then this guy, he said, oh, I didn't hear the story. Ah, in the U.S., war parties, then here it was only we. But that place, he got into other things. Then he got, at, he got so addicted, they brought him back to Ghana. He was walking on the streets of Accra. A car knocked him, and he died. Ambushment. People have a place they want to go. But a lion had ambushed. Don't think that because you are brilliant, you will make it. Don't think that because you go first class, you will make it. Don't think that because your parents are rich, you will make it. Don't think that you have everything made up for you. Don't think so. Don't think so. Don't ever think. Because there are things, there are things in the spirit. There are things physical. Listen, a person can get into your life. That's the end of you. That's the end of you. Don't ever think that, oh, me, everything is all right. Me, everything. Already, I have things. My, my grandfather saved money for me. There's a trust fund. Don't ever think. Thank God for all those things. But that thing cannot prevent the ambush along the road. Nehemiah, a scholar, more educated than probably all of us. He, but he knew they could what ambushment. But he said, the hand of the Lord was upon us. So, we came to Jerusalem. He recognized what brought them to Jerusalem was the hand of the Lord. Hello. Let me show you something. Go with me to Genesis chapter uh, Genesis chapter 11 verse 31 Genesis 11 31 now Terah that's the father of Abraham he took his son Abraham and his grandson Lot the son of Abraham and his daughter-in-law Sarai his son Abraham's wife and they went out from the air of the Chaldeans that is their hometown this is where God told Abraham that he should live he said he should leave the air of the Chaldeans and God told Abraham go to the land of Canaan now his father then takes him. He said, I will show you the way we are going. And they came to Iran and brought there. But see something. They, now, what, what happened? They planned to go to Canaan. Please go back to 31. Terah took them. Where are they going? We are going to Canaan. To go to the land of Canaan. But they didn't get there. They got to Iran. And he said, there. He said, and they dwelt there. And the next verse said that Terah died there. Not everybody wants to go to the place they want and they get there. It is said, the richest person on earth is a grave because dreams have been buried. Every young boy, girl, I'll be a doctor, I'll be a nurse, I'll be an engineer, 
I'll be a lawyer. How many of them become? Dreams have been buried there because there was some ambushment along the way. Terah, with all the experience, with all the knowledge, he could not get there. He died. He was 205 years and he died in, he died in Haran. Incidentally, Terah means delay. Some things are in our life that delay us from getting to where we should go, but it must die. It must die. Some friends must move out. Some friends must move out. Some things must die. Some companies that you are into, got to stop. So after Terah died, now see what God does. The next, next one is chapter 12, verse 1. Now, the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land I will show you. Now this one is not Terah. That's how we should go. This time, God says, what I told you earlier, Get out. I'm taking you. See verse 5. What happened? When God now says, Abraham, I will show you. See, God said, I will show you, not your father. The things that, you see, you are using your father as an example to show you some things. You are using your mother as an example. But that one won't get you there. You are using your father. Some things, see, what your father could not achieve, may you have the grace to achieve. As I told them this morning, listen, two things is the Bible. It's building and fighting. David was a fighter. His son Solomon was what? A builder. We, we fight during war times. We build during peace times. When you are fighting, you are not able to build. Listen, some battles our parents didn't win is forcing us to fight those battles. But it must stop with us. We must fight that battle. And when we win, our children will build in peace. So I give the example. I went to school barefooted. Kaki Kaki, Sergeant Major. It turned here. Your big brother wore it. Handed over to the next one. From generation to generation. You walk four miles in, four miles out. When I fought the battle to go to school and graduated, I have won that battle. My children now sit in cars and change their dresses every day. Because I've won that battle. May you win the battle. What your parents fought, may you win that battle. It stops here with you. Then you can build. So now God tells Abraham, say, Abraham, go. Now God said, not what your father showed you. I will show you. Verse 5. Then Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that are gathered. Please give me King James. And the people that whom they have acquired in Haran. I love King James. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had got in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and unto the land of Canaan they came. I love King James. They left to go to the land of Canaan, and unto the land of Canaan they came. They didn't stop anywhere. The father stopped in Haran and died there. But when God said, I will show you, God took him from, from the place to Canaan. And unto Canaan they came. The objective is to go to Canaan. And it was implemented. Fair accomplished. Standard have been met. Everything checked. This is our objective. And we have met it. We came to go to Canaan. And unto Canaan we came. I speak to someone. That under this great commission, 
under the grace upon this house, your dreams will be met. Oh, I hear the Lord say, it shall be exceeded. It shall be exceeded. God will surprise you. God will make something out of your life. You will sit in the room. Tears will come out of your mouth, out of your eyes. Not because you are sad, but because the Lord has surprised you. Your life will be different. I hear you. You will sing. What's this, sir? Yeah, yeah. What's this, sir? What's this, sir? What's this, sir? What's Go with me to Ezra 8.21 as we close. Ezra 8.21. Ezra 8.21. Ezra 8.21. Then I proclaimed a fast day at the river Haver that we might afflict ourselves before God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones for all our substance. That is Ezra. When they were going, he said, listen, to get the hand of the Lord, we must seek him. A closer walk with God will, give, will show you a right way for God. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man. Note, it's not right, it seems. When we were younger, we don't like taking tablets and medicine. So, our parents would take fufu, those days for malaria, for malaria. It's bitter. They will put in the fufu so that you can swallow. Outside may seem sweet, but the inside is what? Bitter. It may seem right, but the end thereof. See, it means when you get to the end, you can't go again. There are some ways, lifestyles, they seem right. When you are right, you realize that you are in trouble. But this time, he said the right way, God will show us not what seems. He will show us the right way. Not just for us, for a little one. It means that they are married. For all our substance. God is interested in everything concerning you, including your substance. He will show us the right way. As I spoke to Pastor Rubin today, then he mentioned it. Do you know why Ezra said this? He said, I was ashamed to ask the king to get army people to accompany us because I have boasted about my God. But here we are. We boast about everything. But we don't boast about God. We contact everybody, all the networks, all the connection. But we don't ask for God. But he said, I don't rely on the king, even though I have favor. I would rather rely on God. Before you talk to anybody, before you talk to anyone, your uncle, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, the one you know, before you do that, seek the right way from God. The hand of the Lord shall be upon you, it shall cause you to excel. It shall cause you to achieve your destiny and your purpose in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall we rise? 
And I asked the Lord 